Welcome, sports fans. You have entered the man cave of the one and only Fan Man, broadcasting from his lazy boy recliner somewhere in the Vale of Paradise known as Valparaiso, Indiana. Where have all the cowboys gone? Where have they gone? Where have they gone? Bob Lilly, Roger Staubach, Tony Dorsett, Randy White, Mel Renfro, Troy Aikman, Rayfield Wright, Michael Irvin, Bob Hayes, Emmett Smith, Deion Sanders, Larry Allen, Charles Haley, Jason Witten, Leroy Jordan, Chuck Howley, Ed Too Tall Jones, Harvey Martin, Cornell Green, Charlie Waters, Cliff Harris, Ralph Neely, and the list goes on. Where have they gone? Where have they gone? January 28, 1996 was the last year the Dallas Cowboys won a Super Bowl. This is a team that had won five out of eight Super Bowls they appeared in. It's been 25 years for America's team and nothing but disappointment and heartbreak has occurred since for their fans and owner, Jerry Jones. The biggest culprit is Jerry Jones, the general manager and owner. His first round pick over the last 25 years has included David LaFleur, Greg Ellis, Ebenezer Ecubon, Safety Roy Williams, Terrence Newman, Bobby Carpenter, Marcus Spears, Anthony Spencer, Felix Jones, Mike Jenkins, Des Bryant, Mo Claiborne, and Taco Charlton. Nothing memorable here. Nothing. Nothing, 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 nothing. So let's go into the Fan Man time machine for some insight as to why America's team has not been in the Super Bowl since 1996. We are going to study this all the way from the beginning of this until this last past season. It was all started at a hotel bar in Orlando at 5 a.m. on March 22, 1994, when Jerry Jones told Sports Day reporters Rick Gosselin and Ed Werder, there are 500 coaches who could have won a Super Bowl with our team. A week later, Jimmy Johnson was out as Cowboy coach. His replacement, Barry Switzer, who needed two seasons to win Jerry a third Super Bowl. The Cowboys became the first team to win three Super Bowls in four seasons. There was no need to criticize Jerry Jones back then. After all, he won three Super Bowls in four years and won without Jimmy Johnson. He was flying high. Now, people will cite the Jimmy Johnson-Jerry Jones feud problem, whatever you want to call it, as the number one reason why the Cowboys have not made it back to the Super Bowl. I'm not one of them. I believe Jimmy was a short timer and used Jerry as an excuse to leave. Fair to say Jerry sped up the process, but no one, no one should think that Jimmy Johnson would have stayed long in Dallas. So let's look at the downfall of America's team since their last Super Bowl victory, year by year, and ask Jerry, where have all the Cowboys gone? In 1996, the boys went 10-6 under Barry Switzer and won the NFC East. 
In the wild card round against the Vikings, the Cowboys put the game away in the first half and exploded to a 30 to nothing lead and ultimately won the game 40 to 15, but the boys lost the divisional round of the playoffs to the Carolina Panthers 26 to 17. The Cowboys dynasty of the decade ended to a second year Carolina Panther team in their first ever playoff game. 1997. The boys went 6-10 under Barry Switzer, losing seven of their last nine games. They lost five straight games to finish the season. A series of countless off-the-field incidents, lack of discipline, and rumors of infighting between quarterback Troy Aikman and head coach Barry Switzer plagued the team throughout the year. Switzer resigned, and the new Cowboys coach was former Pittsburgh Steeler offensive coordinator Chan Galley. And I said, Chan Galley who? Chan Galley. We've had Tom Landry. The Cowboys have Barry Switzer. Jimmy Johnson. Chan Galley. Okay. But before we talk about the Chan Galley era, let's talk a little bit about one Barry Switzer. Switzer compiled a 40-24 and 24 record in the regular season in four seasons with the boys and was the coach when the Cowboys won Super Bowl XXX in January of 1996 in Phoenix. In four seasons with Dallas, Switzer's team won three NFC East titles, reached two NFC title games, and captured a Super Bowl win. The Cowboys won the NFC East in each of Switzer's first three seasons. One bad season, he was out. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks a lot. Switzer was portrayed as a buffoon by the media, by a buffoon of other teams, newspapers, the media, the fans of other teams. You know, it was common knowledge, basically, that Switzer Switzer was a buffoon as an NFL head coach. No one should ever think Barry Switzer is a buffoon or a bad coach. He was a great football coach. For the Cowboys, he won a Super Bowl. He knew how to motivate players and win football games. It's too easy to just say, well, that was Jimmy's team. No, Switzer was a main reason why the boys got to that Super Bowl and won that last Super Bowl. This team needed motivation, and he was the right man for the job. Switzer was a legend in Oklahoma. He guided the Sooners to 28 consecutive victories. 28 consecutive victories from 1973 to 1975, running that unbelievable option offense. He went 37 straight games without a defeat. Switzer's Oklahoma teams won three national championships, 1974, 75, and 85, and 12 Big 8 conference championships. And man, the Big 8 was great. Oklahoma and Nebraska every year played for a trip to the Orange Bowl. But let's talk about GM Jerry Jones for a minute in 1997. In the draft, he selected tight end David LaFleur. Now, you can say, who's that? I'll say, who's that? Well, he was the first-round pick for the Cowboys. He was picked 22nd overall. David LaFleur was never able to emerge as a go-to option for Troy Aikman and the Cowboys, making only 12 touchdown catches in his four seasons. LaFleur out of LCU out of LSU was just one in a long line of less than stellar tight ends. Jerry compiled before Jason Witten arrived 
in 2003. Let's go to 1998. Under Chan Gailey, the Cowboys went 10-6 and and won the NFC East, but lost to the Arizona Cardinals in the wild card round by the score of 20-7. Now, back then, Zona was in the NFC East. You remember that? And Zona was 9-7, but still beat the Cowboys in the wild card game. And what was worse... Well, nothing's worse than losing, but adding insult to injury, I should say. The Cowboys were the first team ever uh, in the NFC East to sweep their division in route to capturing the NFC East title, but still lost the wild card to a team in their division, the Arizona Cardinals, whom they beat twice during the regular season. In 1998, the Cowboys drafted Greg Ellis. Greg Ellis with the eighth pick in the first round. Greg Ellis had a decent career with Dallas. I use the word decent. I can't use the word great. But it was stunning. It was stunning that the Cowboys did not draft Randy Moss. Unbelievable. Sitting there watching the draft, I'm screaming, Randy Moss, Randy Moss, Randy Moss. The card comes in and it's Greg Ellis. Randy Moss warned the Cowboys about this. When the 1998 draft began, Moss was upfront on how he wanted to play for the Cowboys, his favorite team growing up. Moss openly stated if he wasn't picked, he would make life miserable for Dallas. Well, the Minnesota Vikings, Denny Green, drafted Moss. After that, Moss was true to his word, as over the next decade, he would help beat the Cowboys seven times in several key games, deep passes, he gave the Cowboys nightmares. Just gave them nightmares in those games. Jerry Jones should have drafted Randy Moss. No question about it. If he did, it could have drastically changed the course of this franchise in ways we will never completely understand. Let's go to 1999. The boys go 8-8. Eight and good enough to make the wild card round, but lost to the Minnesota Vikings by the score of 27 to 10. Jerry Jones fired Chan Gailey after the season, despite leading the Cowboys to two consecutive playoff berths and seemingly reigniting the offense. The arrogance of Jerry, Chan Gailey, did not win those playoff games. Two years coaching, two trips to the playoffs. What would have happened to the Cowboys if Tom Landry was fired after making the playoffs twice. Just unbelievable. Gailey is the only Cowboys coach to make the playoffs every season with his team. Let's talk about a bust. One of Jerry's selections in 1999 draft. Defensive lineman Ebenezer Ekubon. 12 and a half sacks over five seasons after being drafted 20th overall, is just poor. It's terrible. In 2000, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones would promote the team's longtime defensive coordinator and rah-rah man, Dave Campo, to be the fifth head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. This was one of the worst moves Jerry ever made. The loss of star wide receiver Michael Irvin to retirement led Jerry Jones to trade the team's first round pick in the 2000 draft and the 2001 draft to the Seattle Seahawks for wide receiver 
Joey Galloway. They traded their first round pick in 2000 and 2001 for Joey Galloway. This was a horrible trade. See, it's impossible to grade all of Jerry's bad moves. Impossible. But this was just a horrible trade. In Galloway's very first game with the Cowboys to begin 2000, Galloway tore. And A.C. Allen was lost for the entire season during garbage minutes of an opening day blowout loss to the Eagles at Texas Stadium. Galloway returned to the field and remained with the Cowboys through the 2013-2003 season, but he was never worth the money or services of a pair of first-round picks. The Galloway trade set the Cowboys back for years and is often cited as a reason for why clubs should never trade multiple high draft picks for any single commodity. It was Joey Galloway. It was Joey Galloway. In 2000, the Cowboys finished 31st in the league in run defense, allowing 164.8 yards per game and 4.9 yards per carry. Now let's look at Jerry's 2000 draft. Just, what can you say? His draft was bad. Um, the Cowboys ended the 2000 season, 5-11. and 11. And let's move to 2001. The Cowboys matched their record from 2000 going 5-11 and 11 and missing the playoffs, finishing last in the NFC East. In 2001, Jerry Jones handpicked Georgia quarterback Quincy Carter. Remember Quincy Carter with the second round draft choice? He was dubbed the quarterback of the future. Many saw the Carter pick as quite a reach considering Carter's inconsistent career as a Georgia Bulldog and his low draft rating by several other teams. The Cowboys released Carter in the summer of 2004. It was later learned that off-field issue was the reason the Cowboys gave up on him. He played only one more season in the NFL. Same year, 2001. This was just a dynamite year for Jerry Jones. He brought in quarterback Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf, who was a com already a complete disaster on and off the field. Leaf lost all three games he started for the franchise, and he had a single touchdown while also averaging an interception per start. In 2002, it was Emmett Smith's 13th and final season with the team. And boy, oh boy, I'm sure Emmett could not wait to get out of there. Former Cincinnati Bengals offensive coordinator and head coach Bruce Coslett was brought in to run the offense for Dallas. Another bad move by Jerry. Coslett's unit ranked near the bottom of the league in both points scored and total yards. Under Coslett, Emmett Smith saw his streak of 1,000-yard seasons broken at 11, despite setting of the NFL's all-time rushing yardage record. Coslett was gone after one year. Enough of Coslett. In 2002, Jerry drafted Oklahoma Sooners All-American safety Roy Williams in the first round at pick eight. Pick eight for Roy Williams. Jerry could have drafted Dwight Freeney Better yet, Jerry could have drafted Ed Reed. The Cowboys could have had Ed Reed. Can you imagine? But went with Roy Williams, a one-dimensional safety. Williams was reduced to being a two-down safety, 
as he had been removed from the nickel and the dime packages. Williams was one of the worst cover safeties in the NFL at the time. And as a result, he was a liability on third down. He was a hitter, but he couldn't cover anyone. During a late season loss to the Philadelphia Eagles in 2002, reports reports began to surface that Jerry had secretly, secretly met with Bill Parcells. It was embarrassing for the current head coach, Dave Campo, who had received no word that any potential moves were pending. And Jerry Jones was roundly criticized for the incident. On the field, ineptitude continued. Off the field, controversy was brewing and led to a 5-11 season, the team's third consecutive 5-11 season with Dave Campo. Predictably, rah-rah man Dave Campo was dismissed after the season. Campo was the only coach in franchise history to have never posted a winning season or coached a playoff game, but Mike McCarthy might be next. We'll get to that later. In the 2002 draft, Jerry selected Antonio Bryant. Antonio Bryant, who fell all the way to the second round to the Dallas Cowboys because of quote-unquote character concerns. Jerry was always great on that. I'll take a character concern guy, you know, in the second and third round, okay? But the character concerns were real, and it was what ultimately derailed his career. In 2004, Antonio Bryant became upset with his reps and oftentimes would go after Bill Parcells. The Cowboys coach gave him a second chance, but the writing was on the wall for his time to be done with the team. After the fifth game of the season, Antonio Bryant was traded to the Cleveland Browns in exchange for Quincy Morgan. In 2003, the Cowboys, coming off three consecutive 5-11 seasons, hired one Bill Parcells. Bill Parcells, right? Instant credibility now for the Dallas Cowboys with Bill Parcells. After starting with a 7-2 record, the Cowboys went 3-4 in the second half of the season, including a loss to the eventual Super Bowl champion New England Patriots in Foxborough. The boys ended up 10-6 on the season. The boys lost the wildcard game 29-10 to, yes, those Carolina Panthers again. In 2004, the Cowboys finished 6-10. In 2004, Jim, Jerry, drafted Julius Jones, running back from Notre Dame. Jones simply didn't play well enough to justify being a second-round pick. If he had been taken in the fourth round in 2004, okay, that would have been fine. He would have lived up to that value, but not second-round value. In the offseason, the Cowboys signed quarterback Vinny Testaverde and traded for wide receiver Keyshawn Johnson. Both Testaverde and Johnson had played for Parcells when he coached the New York Jets, but both were past their prime. In owner Jerry Jones's continuing quest to acquire quarterback talent, the Cowboys traded for the rights to Drew Henson. This is just fantastic. Another baseball player attempting to return to football. Henson struggled in the New York Yankees farm system, which led him to reconsider his career and opt for a return to football. And there he was. Jerry was waiting for him. Similar to baseball player Chad Hutchinson, who was also a Dallas Cowboy quarterback. 
who, who was acquired two years prior, Hutchinson was later released. Henson never worked out. With the opening of training camp, the team seemed poised to take the next step. However, this soon changed. Within the first week of the camp, the Cowboys released, which we talked about earlier, quarterback Quincy Carter for off-field issues. Now, this move had a long-term effect on the team. Had Carter remained second-year quarterback Tony Romo, would have been the fourth quarterback on the depth chart and likely cut from the team. When Carter left, Romo was bumped up to number three. Vinny Testaverde would be the opening day starter in 2004, and it's always great, and you always have so much confidence when you've got Vinny Testaverde as your opening day quarterback, but failed to produce many points behind an inconsistent offensive line. Vinny, 20 interceptions in 16 games. Enough said, Dallas defense also would regress. Following a loss to the Baltimore Ravens, Drew Henson would start the annual Thanksgiving Day game against the Chicago Bears, and I'm sure all the Cowboy fans were just so excited to sit there after a big meal and watch Drew Henson do his thing. Well, Henson was bad, and he was eventually relegated to the NFL Europe. Also in 2004, this was some stellar year for the Cowboys, 2004, the Cowboys signed Eddie George to a one-year, $1.5 million contract with incentives that could earn him up to $4.25 million. But unfortunately for Eddie, George, he would never come close to the numbers he needed to achieve incentives in his contract. He started just eight games for the Cowboys during the 2004 season, totaling 432 rushing yards and four touchdowns. His decline production made the decision easy to hand the starting job to rookie Julius Jones, who we mentioned earlier. Eddie George was never the Eddie George of old. Never. Not the same not the same Eddie George. The Cowboys did not get the young stud Eddie George. 2005 started off well for the Cowboys at 7-3, but finishing the season 2-4 put them just one game out of the playoffs. And there was a lot of pressure on the Cowboys and Parcells in 2006. And as a result, Jerry dipped into free agency again and pulled out Mike Vanderjet who was one of the best kickers in the league for the Indianapolis Colts before signing with the Cowboys in 2006. While Vanderjet signed a three-year deal, he only lasted one season. Vanderjet made only 13 of his 18 kicks, and he couldn't be trusted during clutch times. The Cowboys brought in Martin Gramatica to be the kicker for the rest of the season, and Vanderjet never made an appearance in the NFL again. Man, man, Jerry... Good stuff. Real good stuff there. Also in 2006, it doesn't get any better because with the 18th pick in the draft, the 2006 draft, they acquired Ohio State linebacker Bobby Carpenter. Carpenter was barely a shell of what he was during his college days with the Ohio State Buckeyes. And I remember to this day, Carpenter, I look for Carpenter. Where is he? Oh, there he is. He's going back to the huddle while everybody else made the tackles. He just had three and a half sacks in four seasons. Another bad draft pick by Jerry. Despite losing three of their last four games in 2006, the Cowboys finished 9-7 and snuck into the playoffs. And now the Cowboys were led by Tony Romo. And their wild card matchup was against the Seattle Seahawks 
at the 12th man. The rest is history. Dallas trailed 21-20 with a buck 19 remaining, but a 19-yard field goal is all the Cowboys needed to advance to the divisional round. Cowboys fans getting very excited, sitting home, watching the game, right? Romo fumbled the snap and was forced to try and run it into the end zone. It appeared for a split second Dallas had avoided the disaster. Why was Romo handling the ball? Why was he a holder at that time? Anyway, it appeared for a split second Dallas had avoided the disaster because Romo looked like he was heading for the end zone, but he got tackled inches shy of a touchdown, and it goes down as one of his most memorable moments in his career. After that, on January 22, 2007, Bill Parcell said, I'm retiring. I'm retiring. I'm out of here. Four years he was with the Cowboys. He was gone. There are still questions as to Parcell's reasons for leaving the boys. I heard him make a comment once that Jerry is a unique owner. Hmm, interesting. Was he holding out for more money? Did he just want to retire? Who knows? One thing we do know, he didn't want to stick around for the next season. One thing that got old about Parcells was that he made it a point of signing players who played for him who were kind of over the hill. Drew Bledsoe was a cowboy. Terry Glenn was a cowboy. Testaverde was a cowboy. Aaron Glenn. Wide receiver Keyshawn Johnson and fullback Richie Anderson with the Jets, right? They all were Cowboys. This did not bode well for the Cowboys when a regime change occurred. Parcells would finish his Dallas stint with a 34-30 and record and no playoff wins. Not good. The 2007 season was the Dallas Cowboys' first season under offensive coordinator Jason Garrett and their first season under coach Wade Phillips. The Cowboys finished the regular season tied for the best record in the NFC 13-3 and earned a first-round bye and home field advantage through the playoffs. However, they lost their first playoff game to the eventual Super Bowl champion New York Giants, a team that they had defeated in their regular season twice, both by 10 or more points. With the loss, it extended the Cowboys' drought of playoff wins to 11 years and tied the NFL record of six straight playoff game losses. Let's talk about Terrell Owens. T.O., right? Get your popcorn out. Let's talk about Terrell Owens on the Cowboys. The Cowboys signed Owens to a three-year, $25 million deal during the 2006 offseason. Owens racked up an impressive 38 receiving touchdowns in three straight 1,000 receiving yard seasons. But there's always bad with Terrell Owens, right? Always bad with him. Off-field issues kept him from staying in Dallas any longer. He would constantly get into fights on the sidelines about not being targeted enough, right? So cliche, isn't it, right? So let's go to 2008. Let's go to the last game of the season in 2008. It was against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Cowboys sat at 9-6. The Eagles sat at 8-6-1. The division was on a line. All they had to do was win at home. The Cowboys go to the playoffs. But the season ended with the Cowboys being completely annihilated 44-6. 44-6. No playoffs for the Cowboys in 2008. Let's back up. Let's talk about the 2008 draft. Jerry did it again. 
he selected running back Felix Jones in the first round. Felix never became the full-time feature back in the offense. In fact, he never flirted with accumulating 1,000 yards in a single season, another wasted draft pick by Jerry. In 2008, it got even worse. Jerry Jones made another poor decision, trading for then-Tennessee Titan corner Pac-Man Jones. Yes, Pac-Man Jones was on the Cowboys too. Not only Terrell Owens, Pac-Man Jones. Jerry Jones engineered a trade with the Titans involving a combination of conditional draft picks that brought Pac-Man to Dallas while not knowing when Pac-Man actually would become eligible to play, which is just hysterical. Pac-Man had a scuffle with the bodyguard in October of that season, which earned him another response in a two-game suspension. Pac-Man would return late that season, but then suffered an injury that moved the Cowboys to release him after just one season. Great job, Jerry. Pac-Man Jones, what a, what a great compliment. And while we're on compliments, let's, let's, let's give him another compliment. Let's give Jerry another compliment. The Dallas Cowboys reached an agreement with Detroit Lions to obtain wide receiver Roy Williams in exchange for what? A first, third, and sixth round pick in the 2009 draft. Unbelievable. Roy Williams became the second option to wide receiver while playing opposite to Owens. You think Owens was going to let Roy Williams catch passes? Williams didn't have the immediate impact that was expected, catching only 19 passes and one touchdown of seven starts his first year. This may have been the worst trade ever made by Jerry Jones. But again, you can argue all day long about some of his picks, his trades. You can argue all day long about what was worse, obtaining Joey Galloway or Roy Williams. You would think Joey Galloway. He would have learned something from Joey Galloway. Nope, picked Roy Williams. The 2009 Cowboys, on January 3rd, 2010, clinched the division with a win over the Philadelphia Eagles by the score of 24 to nothing. In the wild card round of the playoffs, the Cowboys once again defeated the Eagles 34 to 14 to score their first playoff win since 1996 and finished the season sweep of all three games against the Eagles. The next week, however, they lost 34-3 to the Minnesota Vikings in the divisional round of the playoffs, ending their season. Let's go to 2010. The Cowboys started at 1-7. Wade Phillips, oh boy, became the first coach in Cowboys history to be fired during the season. Even Dave Campo. Rara Dave Campo wasn't even fired in the middle of the season. Phillips' last two games, this is the key thing here, Phillips' last two games, the Cowboys lost to Jacksonville 35-17 and Green Bay 45-7. And when Wade lost to Green Bay 45-7, he could have just taken off his headset and flew home. He was replaced by offensive coordinator Jason Garrett, and we all know that Jerry was grooming Jason Garrett for this job. It was like... His job to lose, right? He, he like inherited this job when he was the backup quarterback for Troy Aikman. The Cowboys finished the season 6-10, third place in the NFC East, and failed to reach the playoffs. In 2011, the Cowboys finished the season 8-8. Eight eight. The Cowboys missed the playoffs for the second consecutive season due to their 31-14 Week 17 loss to the eventual Super Bowl champion, New York Giants. The 2012 Dallas Cowboys 
matched their winning total from 2011, 8-8, and missed the playoffs for a third consecutive season after losing their final game uh, for the second straight season, this time to the Washington Redskins, 28-18, and Jason Garrett was known as Mr. 8-8, right? Mr. 8-8, he's not a terrible coach. He's not a great coach. He's an average coach. Maybe he's a good coach. He's an 8-8 coach, right? 8-8, Mr. 8-8. Okay, another bad move by Jerry in 2012 was drafting Mo Claiborne, defensive back, with the sixth overall pick in the 2012 NFL draft. Jones traded up. Traded up but also giving away his second-round selection from Mo Claiborne. At the time, Jones proudly stated that his scouting department, I've never seen their scouting department. Where is their scouting department? I think, I think it's called Jerry Jones. Anyway, they graded Claiborne with the same skill set as, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, Deion Sanders, seriously. Seriously, Deion Sanders. By taking Mo Claiborne, they passed on Luke Keikley, Fletcher Cox, I mean, is this something? Bruce Irvin, Chandler Jones, Donta Hightower, Harrison Smith. Nice, 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 Jerry. Real good stuff there. In the 2013 season, the Cowboys finished 8-8 eight eight for a third consecutive season and missed the playoffs for a fourth consecutive season after losing their final game for the third straight season, this time to the Philadelphia Eagles. Everybody gets a chance to beat the Cowboys. This time it was the Eagles 24 to 22. In 2014, Tony Romo had the highest quarterback rating in the NFL and the Cowboys won the NFC East finishing 12 and 4 and the Cowboys made the playoffs. Is this finally their year? Maybe, right? The Cowboys defeated the Detroit Lions in a controversial win at home 24-20 in the wild card round and advanced to the divisional playoffs to face Aaron Rodgers. Boy, oh boy. They really needed to face Aaron Rodgers, right? And the Green Bay Packers. A back-and-forth game had the Packers up 26-21 late in the final quarter. But on fourth down and two, Romo throws a dime deep, deep. And the ball's in the air, and I'm saying, hey, wait, this was... Fourth and two, and Romo's throwing a bomb deep, 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 and Des Bryant is underneath it and catches the ball, extends his arm in attempt to score a touchdown. But wait, he's ruled just shy, and that's when chaos ensues as the referees say Romo's pass to Bryant is incomplete, sparking outrage, outrage everywhere, outrage on the field, outrage in the booth where Jerry's sitting. Outraged at home with the Cowboys fans. Everyone was outraged. It, this was such an outraging moment that there was an infamous hashtag. Hashtag Des caught it surrounding Twitter. The NFL later addressed that. In fact, Brian did catch it. Oh, that's really nice. Thank you, referee. Tell us later. Um, tell us later, you know, when it doesn't matter that, yeah, Des caught it. However, that still ended the Cowboys' seasons in one of the most anticlimactic ways in NFL history. And now let's talk about Des Bryant for a minute. Des Bryant had all the skill in the world. I know people said you know he didn't know how to run, um, he didn't know how to you know fill the lanes, and he didn't, he didn't know how to stay stay on his patterns and so forth. Um, but 
He had all the skill in the world, all the skill. Could have been one of the best wide receivers of all time. But there was always bad with Des Bryant. He had a history of sideline outbursts and tirades directed at the media. Bryant had repeatedly said he doesn't care what the media thinks about his sideline demeanor, but he obviously did care. Bryant had a blow up on the sideline during the Cowboys' Christmas Eve loss to the Seattle Seahawks right after he dropped a crucial pass. He fumbled his next target and finished with three catches for 43 yards. The Cowboys lost 21-12. And after the season wrapped up, Stephen Jones, Jerry's son, said Bryant's behavior can be problematic. Problematic. I think it's worse, Stephen. You're being kind there. The Cowboys released Bryant on April 13, 2018, after eight seasons with the team. After losing to the Packers in the NFC Divisional Playoffs in 2014, Jerry thought they were a star on defense away from making it to the next level and he was looking to try to pluck out the next Charles Haley. That was not Charles Haley, unfortunately. It was recently suspended Greg Hardy. The Cowboys signed Greg Hardy to a one-year $11.5 million deal. After serving his four-game suspension, Hardy played for the Cowboys, but Hardy was constantly showing up late to meetings and posting inappropriate tweets. The Cowboys did not re-sign him for the 2016 season. It was a disaster. The 2015 Cowboys finished the regular season 4-12. It was the team's worst record since 1989 when they went 1-15. The 2016 Dallas Cowboys went undefeated for 11 straight games. In Week 16, the Cowboys became the NFC East champions for the second time in three years and clinched home field advantage throughout the playoffs for the first time since 2007. The 13-3 record was tied for the best record in team history. And now the Cowboys, right? Everyone is starting to feel better. But once again, the Cowboys, this time at home, but once again, playing Green Bay. And there is Aaron Rodgers, once again, scorched the Cowboys, throwing for over 350 yards and two touchdowns. In fact, Rodgers capped off the wild night by throwing an improbable throw deep left to Jared Cook for 35 yards with just one, two, three, three seconds remaining. Okay, and here comes Mason Crosby, the kicker for the Packers, lining up for a 51-yard field goal. And guess what? He drills it. And the Green Bay Packers win. The hearts of Cowboys fans all over the the world are broken for the second time in three years. However, However, this time it really stung because it was Aaron Rodgers again. And it was Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers at home in Dallas. Dallas, you know, during the Jimmy Johnson era, they dominated the Green Bay Packers in Dallas. They lost to the Green Bay Packers in Dallas. The Cowboys did not make it to the conference championship for the 22nd straight year. And it was the fifth straight divisional playoff loss for Dallas. This was also quarterback Tony Romo's last season in the NFL as he announced his retirement on April 4th, 2017. Now let's talk about Tony Romo. I love Tony Romo. I do love Tony Romo. He holds several uh, Cowboy team records, including passing, touchdowns, passing yards, most games with at least 
300 passing yards, and games with three or more touchdown passes. Great stuff. He also held a higher passer rating in the fourth quarter than any other NFL quarterback from 2006 to 2013. But I got to speak the truth here. The fan man has to speak the truth. Romo's reputation was affected by a lack of postseason success, having won only two of his six playoff games he appeared in and never advanced beyond the divisional round. Memorable losses. Games, you know, games that you will remember. Tony Romo, what were you doing, Tony? The Cowboys lost 21-17 versus the New York Giants in the 2007 NFC Divisional Playoffs. Down by four points with 16 seconds to play, the Cowboys faced a 4th and 11 from the New York Giants' 23-yard line. It was, and probably still, the biggest play Romo has ever had in his NFL career. Fittingly, he threw an interception, underthrowing Jason Witten in the end zone, allowing R.W. McCorders of the Giants, bleh, to pick it off and send the Giants to the NFC Championship game. He lost 44-6 to the Philadelphia Eagles in 2008, Week 17. In that game, it was like a playoff game as both Philly and the Cowboys entered the game in the same scenario, win or go home. The Eagles staked out a dominating 27-3 lead against Tony Romo and the Cowboys, but as much of it was due to poor play by the Cowboys' defense and costly special teams a fumble by Pac-Man Jones, but Romo made sure he took his share of the blame in the third quarter, fumbling the ball away on a hit by Brian Dawkins. Chris Clemens picks it up and sprints 73 yards for a touchdown. They lost to the Detroit Lions 34-30 in 2011, Week 4. Romo marched the Cowboys out to an overwhelming 27-3 lead against the undefeated Detroit Lions. Before suffering a colossal choke, first Romo was picked by former teammate Bobby Carpenter, who took it 34 yards for a touchdown. Minutes later, Romo was intercepted by cornerback Chris Houston, who took this one 56 yards for a touchdown. The Lions went on to win by four, sacking Romo late in the game to preserve the victory. Tony lost 20-13 versus the Pittsburgh Steelers in Week 14 of 2008 season. The Cowboys entered the game 8-4 and and in prime position for a spot in the NFC playoffs. They battled the eventual Super Bowl champion Pittsburgh Steelers all day, holding a 13-6 lead late before Big Ben's touchdown tied the game with two minutes to play. Cowboys get the ball back. Tony Romo, with a chance to match the late-game heroics of Big Ben, promptly threw a game-losing interception to Deshae Townsend. The pass was horrendous, and honestly, I'm not sure what Romo was doing. They lost to the Jets 27-24 in 2011, Week 1. This was supposed to be a battle between two top teams, but Tony Romo committed a pair of extremely costly turnovers that ultimately gave the Jets the win. First, Romo fumbled from the Jets' three-yard line, turning the ball over when the Dallas Cowboys were in prime position to score. His worst play came with a minute to play, however, as he threw a deep ball to Des Bryant that was picked off by Daryl Revis. The Jets marched to go ahead with a field goal and took the game by three points. 
The Cowboys lost 34-3 to Minnesota in the 2009 NFC Divisional Playoffs. Romo threw an interception and lost two fumbles, the most costly of which came on the Cowboys' opening drive. After eight plays, the Cowboys marched 34 yards and were in Viking territory when Romo was sacked and fumbled the ball away. This set the tone for the whole game as Romo fumbled the ball again on the next drive, a total of three times in his first half. We've already talked about the blunder that Romo made on the hold in Seattle, in which he dropped the ball and the Cowboys went home. In 2017, the Cowboys go 9-7 under Garrett, but fail to make the playoffs. In the draft, Jerry selected Taco Charlton, Taken at 28 overall in the 2017 NFL Draft, Cowboy fans were immediately unhappy with the selection. Why not, right? You know something was going to go wrong. Especially after Pittsburgh selected T.J. Watt, the brother of J.J. Watt. Shortly after the Cowboys took Charlton, T.J. Brott was taken. Well, T.J. Watt has had 34 and a half sacks in three NFL, his first three NFL seasons. After two seasons, the Cowboys dumped the taco. In his short time in Dallas, Taco yielded practically nothing in return for the Cowboys. In the 2018 season, the Cowboys clinched the NFC East division following a Week 16 win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 27-20, and a week later improved their 9-7 record from the previous season with the win over the New York Giants, 36-35. In the playoffs, the Cowboys defeated the Seattle Seahawks 24-22 in the wildcard round and advanced to the divisional round, where they lost to the eventual NFC champion, LA Rams, 30-22, suffering both their sixth straight divisional playoff defeat and eighth straight road playoff loss. In 2009, despite being 6-4 by Week 11 and leading the NFC East, they lost four of the last six games for a final record of 8-8. A Week 16 loss to their division rival Philadelphia Eagles was the turning point as they squandered a chance to clinch the NFC title. They did not make the playoffs. Head coach Jason Garrett's contract was not renewed by Jerry Jones. Jones had gone over and above to keep Jason Garrett with the Cowboys, despite no real evidence that suggested that Garrett was a better-than-average coach. Garrett has gone from play-calling offensive coordinator to wearing the headset, not wearing the headset, just all over the place, right? Just all over the place. Numerous players' careers have been completely wasted. For one, Hall of Famer Jason Witten, Demarcus Ware, Tyron Smith, Sean Lee, and the list goes on. In 2020, Mike McCarthy comes in to coach the Cowboys, and they are completely horrendous going 6-10. and 10. The 2020 season was horrendous, partly because of key injuries, including starting quarterback Dak Prescott in Week 5 and having a defense that allowed an average of 31.8 points over a total of 3,864 yards gained through 10 games, the first 10 games. But let's talk real here. It was just a dreadful coaching performance all year by Mike McCarthy. The Cowboys were eliminated from playoff contention for the second consecutive year following a Week 17 loss to the New York Giants, 23-19. Let's not give Mike McCarthy 
credit that he almost made the playoffs here. The, the Cowboys ended the season 6-10. and 10. The division was horrible. Nobody wanted to win, including the Cowboys. In that game, a diving catch was made by New York Giants receiver Dante Pettis. By all appearances, the ball touched the ground as Pettis reeled it in. The ball was on the ground. There was no question about it, but McCarthy decided not to challenge it. It wasn't a catch. Everyone knew it was a catch, including Pettis, the guy who caught it. It was not a catch, but no flag. Red flag didn't come out, and it set up a Giants field goal that helped Big Blue seal the win over the Cowboys and eliminating the boys from the playoff from the playoffs. After the game, McCarthy was asked why he kept the red flag in his pocket. And McCarthy said in Dallas Cowboy fashion, well, I just thought it was too close to throw the flag. He noted that the risk of getting the challenge wrong and losing a crucial timeout was too big to ignore. He was wrong. It was never a catch. Everyone knew it wasn't a catch. The only person that was watching the game anywhere that didn't think it was a catch or wasn't sure was Mike McCarthy. Much better, Mike, to keep the flag in your pocket. Save it for next year. So McCarthy, that McCarthy, is going to coach the Cowboys into the 2021 season. From 1960 to 1988, Tom Landry was the only coach the Cowboys had. Since Jerry has owned the team, he has been the only president and general manager the Cowboys ever had. Jerry has hired and rid himself of Jimmy Johnson. Then there was Barry Switzer, who officially resigned after a 6-10 non-playoff 1997 season. Then Chan Gailey was hired but fired after two successful seasons. And then came Dave Campo, fired after three 5-11 seasons. And then there was Bill Parcells, who would retire after four seasons. He was done with Jerry. Then there was Wade Phillips, who was fired in mid-year in 2010. And then there was Jason Garrett, who went from 2010 to 2019. He's gone. And now, in 2020, we have Mike McCarthy. The Cowboys were born in 1960. Tom Landry, the man with the funny hat, gave the Dallas Cowboys a mystique. The Dallas Cowboys, make no mistake about it, had a mystique up until Tom Landry was fired by Jerry Jones. Then Jimmy Johnson came along and gave the Cowboys not only a mystique, but a swagger. The same swagger Jimmy Johnson's teams in Miami, the U had, the Hurricanes had. The Cowboys had everything. A young team, more fans than any franchise in all sports. The merchandise, the merch was flying off the shelf. Everybody wanted a piece of the Cowboys. But Jerry got in the way of all of this. Since those days, players have come and gone by the mismanagement of Jerry. Jerry is the only constant that has remained through all the futility. So we all ask, Jerry, where have all the Cowboys gone? Where have all the Cowboys gone? Thank you for listening to this episode of The Fan Man. If you like what you heard or disliked what you heard, check out the Fan Man Twitter page. The Fan Man at the underscore fan underscore man underscore and tell me what you think.